0: Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right, we're going to look together over in the book of Luke for a little while, and we're going to consider something fun. So uh, Christmas holidays are, are never the same without our crazy relatives, right? And uh, Jesus had his own particular relatives, and so we're going to start this new series on Jesus' crazy relatives. We all tend to have relatives that baffle us a little bit, or maybe you're the one that baffles others. I won't say anything about that. Uh, some people really love to dive into their family history and to kind of find, uh, find their roots and others try to stay away from it because they don't want to uncover anything they don't really want to know. Uh, but one way or the other, we have crazy relatives uh, and maybe we don't. I don't know. Most of us do. If you think pro- if your family has problems, consider the mayhem that came out of this, the marriage of this couple. Uh, 76-year-old Bill Baker married Edna Harvey. Now, Edna happened to be his granddaughter's mother-in-law. His granddaughter, daughter Lynn, said that's where the confusion started. So she said, my mother-in-law is now my step-grandmother. My grandfather is now my step-father-in-law. Or step-father-in-law. My mom is my sister-in-law, and my brother is my nephew. But even crazier is that I, now I'm married to my uncle and my own children are my cousins. Alright, so she should have a good insight on uh, the theory of relativity. Uh, But let's look at Jesus here a little bit. Uh, Jesus, like us, was not immune to having interesting family. And some are more interesting than others. Even though he was the son of God, we find that both Matthew and Luke track Jesus' family heritage. And Matthew tracks Mary's uh, family line because he's writing to a Jewish community and he's trying to convince them that Jesus is the Messiah. And then we find Luke was a Greek-speaking doctor who listed, uh, listed Joseph, Joseph's family line, uh, Jesus' stepdad, because he was writing mainly to Greek people who were God-fearers or who they believed in God. And so we find in Luke chapter 3, verse 23, these words should be on the screen for you. It says, now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathet. And then you can keep on reading if you want to. It's a big, it's a big chunk of information Uh, on the genealogy, but we won't read all of it. And then Luke takes us all the way past Abraham, and then even further we go to Noah, then the oldest man, Methuselah. But if you look back in verse 36 and 37 here of Luke 3, it says this, The son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, say that three times Uh, and we could uh, as you look at that and we'll kind of stop there on that we could take time and talk about all these different relatives of Jesus Uh, Noah most people know the story of his time and then there's Methuselah who'd have quite the long story as uh, 969 years old but we don't really have time for that and don't have a lot of information on him But the one crazy relative that really stands out, I think, in this particular group is Enoch. Enoch is an individual that we find very interesting. And Jesus had uh, this one crazy relative whose scripture shows it didn't die. And it shouldn't be too surprising, and it was Enoch, and it really seems kind of cool, but we have to ask ourselves, what was so great about that? it seems to me that we have to dig a little deeper to be able to answer the question here, so what is great about this guy? Well, Enoch was known for pleasing God. And it takes us back to a personal question for each and every one of us. Will we be people known for pleasing God? I have to ask that for myself. I hope so. I hope that each and every one of us will be people who choose to please God. Now, right up the front, I have to say this as well, that all, all the people we find in the Scripture and the Bible are legitimate people. They're not just myths or stories, uh, but the Bible does not depict them as perfect people. These people are like you and I. That's what the way it is. Uh, they have snares in their lives like we have snares in our lives. And Enoch is one of those guys as well. And so although Jesus is the son of God, and he, he's not the same as us in some ways, he still is human in every way, but you, you do have to remember that he had people like Enoch in his family. Find this relative of Jesus, not only in Luke, but we, we actually can find him over in several different passages throughout the scripture, and we're going to look at some of those this morning, and so we'll start out with the first one over in Genesis chapter 5 verse 21. And it should be on the screen with us. And this is what it says. It says, When the Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. All Altogether, Enoch lived, lived a total of 365 years. Now, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Now, First, we can't miss out on the age thing, right? We can't miss that, and we understand that it says he lived 365 years, and this is thousands of years back, and it was pre-flood, before Noah's flood. In fact, I'm sure that the time there, uh, the vegetation and the environment would have been much more healthy than it is for us, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years later, whatever, and uh, so we see some things a little different now than what we saw back then. No more 2,4 D, and they didn't have 2,4 D and 2,4,5 T. And you say, what are those? Those are chemicals and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Roundup and all that kind of good stuff. Genesis, it gives us a few details about Eve. First, that he was a family man. Uh, He was the dad to the oldest recorded human, Methuselah. Yet he had other children as well. We see that. Uh, He lived a good long life, but there are a couple more things that Genesis says about him. Secondly, this, this crazy relative of Jesus, Enoch, walked faithfully with God. He walked faithfully with Him. That in itself tells us that some people at that time frame did not walk with God. It reminds us of that. The the third thing uh, is that the unique thing that happened was that he was no more because God took him away. It may have been by some form of rapture that God pulled Enoch from the the earth. I don't know. But it is something important for us to remember, though, that, that Enoch was before Noah. He was before the great flood. So we can see that there were some issues during Noah's time, we know. And so we know that even for Enoch, there must have been some issues. In that time as well. Now we find over in Hebrews. Some important information as well. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 and 6. Which is a powerful passage for us. It speaks about Enoch. And it says by faith Enoch was taken from this life. So that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken he was commended as one. Who pleased God? And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him, or earnestly seek Him. We find here that the writer of Hebrews, he, he uh, spells out what uh, that Enoch did not experience death, it's really amazing that God took him in such a way when his relative Jesus experienced death for us. Think about that for a second. It's amazing that he did that. Evidently they searched for him, is what Hebrews says, and because it says they could not be found, he couldn't be found. Hebrews eleven emphasizes on Enoch's focus right on the importance of a person's spiritual attitude. This faithful believer, according to Hebrews, was taken out of this world by God without experiencing death. Why? Well, because in his life he was commended as one who pleased God, that is, he he brought God enjoyment, he pleased God, Enoch was faith-filled, and the Bible doesn't say if God took him out to keep him from trouble, sorrow, or simply because he wanted him in heaven, we really don't know that part. It doesn't give us a lot of information here. God doesn't say, but what what we know is that he pleased God, and that is very big to us. Are we people who please God? Have you ever tried to please someone? Uh, I think most of us have done that. Maybe it's an aunt, an uncle, a friend, you've tried to please someone, and and I remember a time when I was in high school, I was in the JV football because I'm the smallest kid there. I was tall and lean, I probably weighed 10 pounds, I don't know, it wasn't very much. <laughs> but uh, times have changed. Jody has a good cookie. And it may have been, uh, you know, it may have been because I wanted to please my dad, but on this football game we had, JV football was happening, I wasn't on the high-end of things, but uh, my dad was a farmer, and so he wasn't always able to come to those day games, the day games like JB, and so uh, I was getting ready with the team. We were all suited up. We were practicing before the game, just kind of going through a few light drills, and and, uh, then I looked over out of the corner of my eye, and I saw my mom. Oh, well, yes, mom's always going to come, right? So I saw mom, but then behind her, I saw dad. I don't know if she was dragging him along. I'm not sure. Uh, but I saw him, and that mattered to me. That should remind us fathers about that, but that mattered to me, and so when I saw that, uh, the, then the coach starts saying, hey, we're going to do full-speed tackle drills. Now, they didn't normally do that, and uh, right before a game like that, usually just kind of, it's, it's uh, low intensity, and so he, he says, full-speed tackle drills, and so there I am, and uh, he said we're gonna. Uh, we didn't have all extra balls, and so I couldn't. I had to be the one that was going to be tackled, like I was running the ball. Well, I'm right-handed, so I couldn't carry a ball because there was none. It was invisible, and so I'm carrying this invisible ball, and the other guy, the opponent of mine, is going to tackle me, and I know this, but my dad is there, right? And so I, I'm. I run as hard as I can, and then. I decided to stiff arm the guy because I didn't have a ball in my hand to keep my hand down and so I stiff armed him, snap. It wasn't his shoulder pads, it was two bones in my arm that now became four. And uh, so that was not nice. Uh, pleasing dad in that scenario got me into a cast. <clears throat> I wanted him to be proud of me but I'm not saying we're going to. Uh, you're going to break your arm by pleasing God. That's not what I'm saying but But it comes down to this, that every person wants to please God in some fashion. Whether they understand it or they don't understand it at this stage in their life. And Hebrews tells us that to please Him, we need to have faith or trust. And Enoch pleased God. He was faithful. He was full of faith. And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him... Must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So before we unpack this, there are some pitfalls that we must not be snared by. They're easy to be we can easily be snared. And the first pitfall is I am no hero. Uh, listen to me here. There, there's a danger for us as contemporary readers of the Bible. Uh, we we think these people in the Bible are different than us, and after all, they're in the Bible. Uh, but, but of course, they were able to act so noble in relationship to God and in response to the hostile world around them, too, too often we read about people uh, like Enoch and we say, well, that can't be me, yet he was a human like you and I. We often see ourselves as, uh, we often see ourselves as too uh, normal. To uh, worldly or powerless to uh, live extraordinary lives of faith, and if we aren't careful, we'll miss out on the fact that the life of faith is normal for the people of God. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean that we're uh, we've made it yet. But we understand that God is working in our lives, and we must be willing to allow Him to work in our lives. C.S. Lewis calls this mere Christianity, and Lewis reminds us as a as struggling followers of Jesus, to live boldly by faith. And he says that God calls us with all our habits and hang-ups, warts and worries, to action. We're called to step out of step with the world, hop up on the stage of history, and take our place in God's roll call of the faithful. Then he goes on to say this, of course we are inadequate. But so have been all the others who have in, in, uh, uh, evidenced the grace of God. It would not be grace otherwise. This is what happened with Enoch. Even with his own problems, he hopped upon on the stage and spoke with a prophetic word to challenge the people of his day. We see that over in Jude. In the New Testament, in, the, in this New Testament book, Jude, the writer, has been challenging false teachers. And uh, he's trying to correct their false teaching, and, and he uses Enoch's prophecy uh, that he had. He used it as an example to try to help them. And this is what he says: Remember now, Enoch is before Noah, right? He's before Noah. Something important to to see: Jude chapter or chapter one, verse fourteen. There's only one ver- chapter. He says this, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them uh, of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and all of the de- defiant words, ungodly sinners that have spoken against them. Pretty tough stuff, right? Uh, these people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves. And flatter others for their own advantage. So we find Jesus' crazy relative, Enoch, he didn't seem too worried about hopping up on the stage of history to challenge people to turn towards God. He was willing to do that. And so you say, well, I'm not a hero. I'm not a hero. Well, maybe you're not, but neither am I. None of us are in some sense, but Enoch was really considered by the writer of Hebrews one of the heroes of the faith. Maybe we don't understand one hero. Maybe that's what the problem is. Don't fall into the same old pitfall that says I'm not a hero. The reality is, is these people are simply average people who are willing to do something for others in this life in the name of Jesus? Remember what was so great about this guy? Well, Enoch, he was known for pleasing God. I would have to say, probably wasn't a people pleaser. He was a pleaser of God, who stepped out in faith, and that made him a hero. Most of you've never heard of the guy who helped start one of the largest churches in the world, has been considered the largest church. And uh, back in the early 1960s, the Assemblies of God, our organization, was building centers to share uh, their faith in Christ uh, all around the world. And in, in, the, uh, in the early 1960s, they were doing this, possibly starting in the 1950s on this project. Uh, but the, the program was called Global Conquest, and their goal was to start these centers in some of the major cities of the world. And so the first one of the first ones, the pilot project, was in Seoul, Korea, in 1961. And revival meetings were started by a guy named Sam Todd. Now, Sam Todd, he was a, an assembly of God evangelist in 1960 to 64. He also worked with Gordon uh, Gordon Lindsay, who was part of I down in Dallas. And after the revival meetings ended. A missionary named John Hurston and Sam Todd's interpreter, Chove, became co-pastors of the church that started from those meetings. Before long, the church grew to 150. Uh, Within a few years, the congregation went to 5,000 people. The church ended up becoming the largest church in the world with over 800,000 to a million people. The largest church in the world. And it's called Yudeo Full Gospel Church. And uh, Sam Todd's interpreter, Paul Youngie Cho, who was a co-pastor in the beginning, then became the senior pastor. And now he's retired, and he's pastor emeritus there, and Pastor Lee is taking over to lead the church there. But John Hurston and Sam Todd and the interpreter, Youngie Cho, weren't heroes either, but they were willing to step out in faith to be able to share hope with others. You know, we're near Christmas time, right? You may say, you know, I, I don't know what I could do. Maybe it's just one word that you can share to a friend, a neighbor, a co worker, a, a fellow student. That you could share something with them to share Christ with them. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now before I forget, and don't don't forget now, this year, December 24th, this year we are going to do another, what is that? Christmas Eve service. Now we didn't do it last year, it was just during the Sunday morning service. I'm, this is the plug in the middle of the sermon. Don't forget that, put it on your calendar. Uh, December 24th, we are going to meet here Uh, in our campus, and we are going to join together to have that service. And that'll be a great time, aside from the Sunday services that we have, but it'll be a great time for you to invite some friends. It'll be a short service, probably about an hour. got some special things for the kids that we're doing, Uh, so you want to be here. All right. The Genesis account states that from the birth of Methuselah, throughout the following 300 years, Enoch walked with God. And this, this turn in his life was a result of faith and sincere faith always requires a word from God to rest upon. It confirms that Enoch was given a, a revelation of coming judgment which changed his life. Something took place in Enoch's life. We can see that in Genesis. Something happened in him. A walk, a, a, a walk implies a journey in a certain direction that is measured at a regular pace. And Enoch's faith flourished as he walked and God bore witness to him that in his daily life that he was pleasing in his eyes. So why God actually took him, though, uh, we don't really know. Uh, He doesn't really say. But there's a second pitfall that we have to be careful of. That second pitfall is this, is misconceptions of faith. The first one was we, we we don't want to say, oh, I'm no hero. But then we have the misconceptions of faith. And our first, our first one here is the first misconception is of, of, faith, of viewing faith in this fashion. Faith, we only have faith in God's goodness to me personally. These believers reason that a good God will only allow good things in people who live a good life. And to these people, faith has only one goal, a life of ease, of blessing and bounty. Now we know God does give good gifts, that's evident, the scripture says that. He's the father of light, who gives us many things and blesses us, but sometimes those gifts that we receive come wrapped in unexpected packages, don't they? And we have to say, okay God, where do we go from here? The second misunderstanding of faith is the idea that faith is simply a particular creed. Something that we believe, a dogma, a particular teaching, and that limited to that. Now, we understand that the New Testament does refer to the faith as a set of beliefs, but the concept of faith is much more dynamic and it's active. It's a life lived in trust, in a trust relationship with God. And for us as followers of Jesus, we have to be able to live in faith with Him. It would have been hard to miss that in the book of Acts. Those guys lived in faith. They faced challenges. Faith is a di- is dynamic and it's active. And this is what it must have been for Jesus' crazy relative Enoch. Had to have been like that for him. He skipped out on death, right? But probably by the choice of God. But faith in Hebrews 11 shows up in several ways. And we're going to look at a few of those just real quick. And then we'll come towards the end here. We saw it in the example of Jesus' relative Enoch as he stepped out to prophesy. But here are some thoughts about faith if you want to please God. First of all, faith involves confident action. It involves confident action. It's where we don't simply act on God's principles of life, but we apply them confidently to our life and how we live. And faith also takes action in response to the unseen God and His promises. So like Enoch, we believe that God exists because we accept the fact that He does. We choose to take action in our lives in faith that God will bless our lives personally with His promises and for others as well. It's more than just, well, I hope God does something and maybe He'll bless me. Maybe He'll work in this situation. We look to God and we trust Him. The third thing is is that faith involves God working miracles in ordinary people's lives. Are we willing to accept the fact that those guys in the New and Old Testament, they were ordinary people like us and that God worked in their lives? I believe that He can work in our lives today, but we must put our faith and our trust in Him. And we must expect that He is able to work and do a miracle in our lives. Faith is not limited by your situation. It's so challenging in our Western scientific mindset as we view things uh, in that fashion. Yet faith in Jesus, who was with God the Father during creation, is not limited by any situation that we may be in. He's not limited by any situation. You have to be willing to trust Him no matter what situation you're in and no matter how difficult it is. Begin to trust Him for the answer. But here's the difficult part of faith. Different results stem from faith. One person's faith may save them from the fire of difficulty and the other person may go through the fire of difficulty. But the important part is that we don't give up, but that we trust in Him and we know that He is with us and we know that He is faithful and He will not let us down. Continue to trust. Here's the great part of it, though. God rewards faith in Him. He rewards faith in Him. As we put our faith, as we put our trust in the Lord, He rewards our faith. Hebrews 11, 6, you've heard it how many times? And, And He says this, anyone who comes to Me must believe that He exists, and He rewards those who diligently seek Him. We wrap up this morning. Remember not to be ensnared by the pitfalls of what. What faith is? You may not view yourself as a hero. You may not be a hero. I don't know. Maybe you are, and you don't even realize that. But remember, Enoch was a simple person like you and I. More than anything, Enoch was known as uh, as a person who pleased God. Will you be known as a person who pleased God? Would you stand with me this morning? That's a question that each and every one of us have to be able to ask ourselves in the sight of the Lord, in the presence of God. If you really want the blessings of God in your life, trust in Him by faith. Look to Him in faith and reach out to Him in faith accepting the fact that He will reward you when you put your trust in Him. Don't hold back. The fact is, friends, you too can please God. He yeah. you. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have this wonderful opportunity to be in your presence together with your people. Father, knowing that Enoch wasn't any more special than we are. Father God, recognizing the fact that you have a plan for each and every person here in this place. That plan is for good. It's not for evil. Your plan has a wonderful work. And Father, we ask you, Lord God, that you would help us to be able to keep our focus on your plan, on your will, trusting you in faith, knowing that you will not let leave us or forsake us, knowing that you will not let us go to the side. Father, I pray this morning that you would help us to recognize that you can still work for our prayer teams would come this morning. You may need prayer this morning. If you need God to intervene in your life, maybe you do need a miracle, Or maybe you want a prayer for your family or friends or something else. Maybe you're praying for a friend that is not a believer in Jesus. Or maybe you have not yet stepped out in faith put your faith in Christ yourself. This is the time to do it. This is the opportunity. Let's worship the Lord in this last song as we seek His face.